0: You're listening to a message from Redemption Community Church, a life-giving church in Westchester County, New York. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow our messages online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. So today we're kicking off this new series called Open. Open. And the title of this series reminds me of a story that I recently heard about a Canadian man named Adrian Pierce who left a Christmas gift unopened, not for one, not for two years, not for three years, but for 47 years. Almost 50 years, y'all. He left a Christmas present unopened. Now, here's the backstory. In 1971, his then high school girlfriend gave him this gift at Christmas time right before she dumped him. How many of you would have thrown that gift in the garbage? How many of you would have set that gift on fire? (laughs) Well, he vowed to never open this gift, and it sat there for all those years. And 47 years later, he and his wife traveled to be reunited with his high school girlfriend to open this Christmas gift uh, at a charity fundraiser. Any of you want to know what the gift is? Yeah, you want to know what the gift is. we got a picture for you. The gift was actually a book called Love Is, New Ways to Spot That Certain Feeling. (laughs) What an ironic gift to give someone when you're about to break up with them. New love. You're going to need this book because you're not getting any more love from here. (laughs) So, yeah, there's the picture of him reunited with his his high school girlfriend. Now, uh, I think many of us would not leave a, a present unopened uh, at all certainly not for that many years but i want to make the case today that this is exactly what many of us do when it comes to the holy spirit you know when it comes to understanding god I think the Holy Spirit is often the forgotten member of the Trinity. There's kind of this idea of like, okay, I know who God the Father is. Like, that's God. That's who I pray to. And I know Jesus. He's the Son of God. We see pictures of Jesus everywhere. Maybe you have a necklace with a crucifix and Jesus is like right there. But the Holy Spirit, like, who is that? What is that all about? Is that kind of like the Force in Star Wars? Like, how, how does that work? And so we're calling this series open because I believe for many of us, The Holy Spirit is an unopened gift in our lives. Church, let me just tell you today, God has so much more for you if you would just be open to it. I think many of us have this sense of, um, you know, I want to be closer to God. I want to be more faithful in in my walk with him. You know, I want him to to use my life. But some days it just feels so hard. Like I'm trying my best and I just, I fail so often. I don't know if any of you are like me, but I, I think we feel that way. Like it's so hard doing this on my own. And that's the point. That's exactly why God gave us the Holy Spirit, because we weren't meant to do this on our own. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to take a deep dive into this question, who is the Holy Spirit? And what does it mean to be open to him, and so we're going to look at some scriptures today. We're going to look at some snapshots of the Holy Spirit's work in both the Old Testament and, and the New Testament. I have a lot of scriptures for you today, so be ready to take some notes. We're going to start at the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1 in the creation story. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Here's what it says In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God. Was hovering over the waters, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. I think it's important to note, church, that the Holy Spirit was not created. The Holy Spirit has always been a member of the Godhead, of the Trinity, He was present here at creation. And and the word that's translated spirit from Hebrew, it's, it's a beautiful word with a lot of meaning. It's the word ruach. And it has this meaning, it can mean spirit, it can mean wind, it can mean breath. There's a lot of word imagery here. So here we see the Holy Spirit moving like a wind over the face of the waters at creation. And then later on in the creation story, we read about how God formed Adam from the dust of the ground and he breathed into him, breathed into him the breath of life. And Adam came alive. It's this picture of like the Holy Spirit literally breathed into Adam to cause him to, to come a- alive. So the Holy Spirit was present at creation. Now, the, whole, the Old Testament is filled with examples of the Holy Spirit dwelling and working in the lives of God's people. We're gonna look at a few examples. Let's look at one from the prophet Haggai. Haggai begins to prophesy and speak a really encouraging word to the people of Israel about rebuilding the temple which was in ruins at this time. Look at this, Haggai chapter two, verses four and five. He says this, Be strong all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work, for I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt. And my spirit remains among you, do not fear. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. This is the most common commandment in all of Scripture. And it's almost always accompanied and connected to the presence of God. This idea do not be afraid because the presence of God is with you. As Haggai says, do not be afraid. My, my spirit remains. Among you, if we literally translated this word from the Hebrew, the idea would be, the spirit of God stands with you." It's such a clear word picture. It's like a picture of the Holy Spirit standing like next to you, almost standing behind you, like the Holy Spirit's got your back. You don't have to be afraid in life. The Holy Spirit is with you. He's got your back. You know, when I was growing up, I'm one of three boys, and we had a lot of boys in my neighborhood, so we played a lot of basketball on the street. We played football. We had an open lot on my street, so we had a lot where we played tackle football. How many of you know when you get a bunch of boys together like that playing tackle football, inevitably some fights are going to break out? Come on. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And, you know, I was kind of a skinny little scrappy kid who really had no business getting in a fight with anybody. But when my older brother would come to play football with us every now and then, I was a little more confident on those days my older brother came. I ran my mouth a little bit more. I was a little more cocky, a little more chirpy because I knew I had an older brother who had my back. If somebody messed with me. Church, I want you to get this this morning. Here's the idea. The Holy Spirit, the very presence and person of God stands with you. The the Holy Spirit has your back. He's not just some nebulous force out there, but, but the Holy Spirit is personal. Like, this is more personal than we realize. The Holy Spirit wants to work in your life. He wants to dwell in your life. He wants to remain with you and stand with you. Let me show you a few more examples. A few weeks ago, I shared the story of Joseph. Joseph was one of the sons of Jacob, the great patriarch, the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. And if you remember the story, Joseph was sold into slavery in Egypt by his, his brothers. And so he ends up in this prison in Egypt. And Pharaoh has a dream. And none of Pharaoh's wise men can interpret this dream. But the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, God gives Joseph the ability to interpret dreams, which he does for Pharaoh. And notice what Pharaoh says in Genesis forty-one thirty-eight. So Pharaoh, asked them, his wise men, can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the Spirit of God? Like Pharaoh recognized the Holy Spirit all over Joseph's life. Let me give you one more example from the Old Testament. King King David was given specific instructions about how to build the temple by the Spirit of God. He he passed these instructions on to his son Solomon who would go on to build the temple. Look at this in 1 Chronicles chapter 28 verse 12. He, David, gave him, Solomon, the plans of all that the Spirit had put in his mind for the course of the temple of the Lord and of all the surrounding rooms for the treasuries of the temple of God and for the treasuries for the dedicated things. So what do we see in the Old Testament? All throughout the Old Testament, we see the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit who remains, who dwells among God's people, stands with God's people, who's active and wanting to work in the lives of his people. And in many cases, you're even inspiring them, giving them ideas and wisdom. How many of you could use some Holy Spirit-inspired wisdom in your life? Anybody, you got some problems, you need some solutions. You're in a job, you're in a place of leadership, leading your family, just trying to figure out how to raise children in this world, and you could use some Holy Spirit-inspired wisdom. My hand is up for you if your hand's not up. And this is what God wants to do in our lives. He wants to work in our lives. Like the Holy Spirit is not just some force, but he's, he's personal. He's present. The presence of, the, 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 of, the, of God himself, the very spirit of God, wants to, to dwell in and among us. Now fast forward to the New Testament where we often think about the Holy Spirit. We see a number of ways in which the Holy Spirit works. Let's look at what Jesus tells his disciples as he prepares them for his return to the Father. So this is in John chapter 14, what's known as the farewell address. Jesus is preparing his disciples because he's about to be crucified and resurrected and ascend back to the Father. And so he wants to prepare them for the coming of the Holy Spirit. John 14, 16 through 17, here's what Jesus said. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. He lives with you and will be in you. Jesus says the Holy Spirit is not only going to help you, he's not only going to show up and be an advocate in in your life, but he's going to dwell in and among you. He, He gives them a word picture just as if you were going to go live in a house, the Holy Spirit is going to come to live inside of you. Come on, this was a revolutionary idea. These were, this was no, nobody had ever conceived of like the presence of God coming to live inside of them before. I love the way one of my favorite theologians, N.T. Wright, puts it. He says this, those in whom the Spirit comes to live are God's new temple. They are individually and corporately places where heaven and earth meet. You know, the Apostle Paul said that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. In biblical times, the temple was the place where heaven and earth overlapped, so to speak. It was the place where you went to worship and experience the presence of God. Here's what N.T. Wright is saying to us. He says when the, when the spirit dwells within us, it changes who we are. Like it should change your life, your identity, we, we become like temples. You become, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You become like a, a portable temple. In the Old Testament, they had to go to the temple. In the New Testament, with the presence of God, the spirit of God on your life, you carry the presence of God with you, and people can encounter Jesus inside of you, inside of me. Paul said it this way, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. You say, well, what does that mean? What does that mean to carry, like, the presence of of God to to be a temple. Well, I'd put it to you this way. Don't be surprised if at some point in time you're praying for someone and a boldness begins to come over you and you begin to declare things in faith and you're like, "I I don't even know where that came from. That's the Holy Spirit. He can do that in your life. Don't be surprised when when there's a need around you in your sphere of influence, in your circle, in your life group, in our church family, among your friends and family. There's a need, and God just puts it on your heart so strongly in your spirit that you're supposed to do something about it. You're supposed to be the answer to the problem. You're supposed to give. You're supposed to serve that person. You're supposed to help that person. The Holy Spirit can do that. Don't, don't be surprised when, when all of a sudden there's a word like burning in your heart that you feel like you're supposed to give to someone to encourage them. Maybe a scripture you're supposed to give them. Like, I can't get this person out of my mind. I was praying, and I just feel like i got to text them. I feel like i got to call them. And, and, and when you text them that scripture, when you text them that encouraging word, don't be surprised when they respond and say, thank you so much. That's exactly what I needed to hear today. It's like you've been reading my mail. I'm telling you, this is what the Holy Spirit wants to do through you. Don't be surprised when your unchurched co-workers and neighbors who have just interacted with you say, you know, there's just something different about you. And you didn't even preach to them. You didn't shove the Bible down down their throat. You just loved on them. You just were being who God called you to be. Just a little portable temple everywhere you go carrying the presence of God. And people are like, I don't know what it is, but there's something different about you. That's what the Holy Spirit can do in your life. That's how he wants to work. He wants to work through you. Now, I think all of us are actually hardwired to be what I would call spirit receptive. Come on everybody say spirit receptive church online type that in the comments spirit receptive. We're wired this way. You know, even unchurched people, I think, are wired this way. I I meet people all the time who tell me, I'm I'm spiritual, but I'm not necessarily religious. There's there's a great interest in things that are spiritual, even outside of the church world. Why is that? Because I believe God wired us this way. Remember, we read about creation, right, from the very beginning. God breathed into man. He breathed his spirit into man, the breath of life. His very spirit becomes the animating force that, that causes us to be alive. And so I believe God created us to be in relationship with him and not just to know about him. Come on, how many of you know there's a difference to to be in relationship with God than just knowing about God? I believe God wants us to be spirit receptive, but can we have an honest moment in church for just a minute? Come on, let's have a come to Jesus moment for just a moment. It's one thing to know that, but yet it's so tough sometimes to actually live spirit receptive. Anybody find this, like, difficult? You know, we just get so busy. We have our busy little important lives. And if the Holy Spirit could just get onto our calendars and our schedules, it would be really nice. But he can't even find an open spot on your iPhone Google calendar because we're so busy. And we have life and we have things going on, right? And, and if we're honest, like, we, we, we hear this and it sounds great. But in many ways, it's really hard to live spirit receptive. See, we're, we're kind of like this glove. I brought a glove here today. And this is a work glove from home. You can see it's kind of worn and it's a little dirty here. It's legit. Like, I've been using this. Like, Amy has been putting me to work around the house. Here's the evidence right here. Get a close-up on this, guys, all right? Just making sure, for the record. So this is a work glove, good work glove from Home Depot. Um, it's, really, it's designed really nice. It's put together really well. It's stitched really nice. Um, it, it's got some, I don't know if this is faux leather or real leather, but it, it's designed to do work. It's put together and built. It's purposed to do work. So let's see what it can do. Maybe it, needs, uh, maybe it needs some encouragement. Maybe the glove is like us. It needs some encouragement. Hey, you have purpose. Come on, you were designed like God has a plan for you. There's a design for you. You're put together well. You can do work. Come on, let's see what you can do. All right, this isn't working out. I'm sorry, guys. This is embarrassing. You know, maybe purpose. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, maybe uh, maybe it needs instruction. We just have to train it. We have to help it understand. Okay, here's how it works. Your thumb can touch every one of your fingers. Okay, so that means you can hold things. You can pick up a hammer. You can work in the garden. Come on, let's 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 see you go to work. Now we're laughing, but we know this, right? This glove can be designed to to do work, but it can't actually do any work until it's filled. Until it's filled. It's kind of like you and me. We can be built and wired with so much purpose and so much potential, but until the Holy Spirit fills every area of our lives, we'll never be used like God wants us to be used. We'll never experience the supernatural life that God has called us to. It's, it's not enough just to be designed in purpose. You, you, you got to be filled with, with the spirit of God. And so here's the question. Here's the question. How do I start being more open? How do I start being more open? Like, God, I, I want to live with this mindfulness that you actually want to work in my life? That, that I don't just go to church and hear about God and experience God's presence for an hour on Sunday, but how, am I, how can I begin to cultivate this openness to the fact that you want to dwell with me, that you have my back, that you stand with me, that you remain, and you want to, you want to fill my life so that I can actually be who you called me to be, do what you called me to do? Well, let's start by looking at the life of Jesus. And I know some of you are already thinking, okay, there he goes. He mentioned Jesus. Well, of course, pastor, it's Jesus. Hello. Like he's part of the Trinity, you know, like him and God are like that. Like the Holy Spirit was always with him. Like Jesus levitated everywhere he went. No, 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 no. Let me remind you of something really important here for just a moment. Something that the church has believed for 2000 years. We we have believed for 2000 years that Jesus was fully God. He was fully divine, but also fully human that he existed in this, like, this union that none of us really can fully understand, but that he, he was fully God and fully human while he walked on this planet. In the Gospel of John, chapter one, in his famous prologue, his introduction to his gospel, he said this about Jesus. He said the word, literally in the Greek, the logos, which means the unifying principle that holds the whole universe together. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The same Jesus who was present at creation, the Son of God, a member of the Trinity who was not created, this same Jesus became a man, became a human being, was incarnated, took on flesh and blood. In Luke chapter 2 verse 52, the, the, the Luke said this, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. You see, Jesus had to grow. Just like any of us, Jesus he had to grow He had to study the scriptures he wasn 't born with the scriptures just downloaded. He had to study He had to learn a trade his, his, from his father Joseph, right his earthly adopted father joseph, he, he was a craftsman he, he experienced emotions. If you read the gospels, Jesus he understood sadness and, and anger, and Jesus experienced exhaustion. We see episodes where Jesus needed to rest, where Jesus needed to get away from everything. Jesus went through pain and anguish and heartache and In physical pain. Uh, The New Testament scholar Scott McKnight puts it this way in his book, Open to the Spirit. Jesus was a real human being, which means he grew spiritually by learning to be open to the spirit. Now that kind of hits us as kind of a new idea, right? Like we're not really used to thinking about Jesus had to grow spiritually. um, And and this idea of Jesus having to be open to the spirit, it's a little bit new to us. And, And why is it that it hits us that way? Because we don't understand the humanness of Jesus. Because we focus so much on the divinity of Jesus that we've neglected his, his humanity. Like we don't fully understand the limitations that he took on. Do you know in Philippians, the apostle Paul said that Jesus, he literally emptied himself. He made himself nothing. He took on the, the form of a servant, the likeness of a human being. He couldn't be everywhere like he used to before, right? He limited himself in time and space when he was on this planet. So we got to get this. If, if we don't understand this, you say, Pastor Jeremy, where are you going with this? If we don't understand this, we're going to miss something really important about being open to the Spirit. If Jesus had to be dependent on the Holy Spirit, how much more do you and me need to be dependent on the Holy Spirit? Are, are you with me? Like if Jesus needed this, if Jesus had to depend on the Holy Spirit working in his life, filling him, working through him, how much more do you and I need to be open to, to the Holy Spirit? So Jesus, the Son of God, allows himself to be limited He takes on the form of a human being, flesh and blood. And at the beginning of his ministry, something really powerful happens. He goes to John the Baptist, his cousin, to be baptized in the Jordan River. And it's recorded in all four of the Gospels. Jesus goes down into the water. The Holy Spirit descends on him. The heavens open, and Father God says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. John chapter 1, verse 32. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. Him Remain on him. See, after the baptism of Jesus, everything shifted. A- everything shifted for Jesus. The Holy Spirit came upon Jesus and remained on his life, and he was never the same. You know we're going to have baptisms today at two o'clock here at Carver, right, downstairs. And we're just believing for those who are getting baptized that the Holy Spirit's going to come upon your life and you're never going to be the same. Come on, you're going to go into those waters. You're going to come out a new person that's going to be a touch of the Holy Spirit on your life. And and God's going to do something special today. I want to encourage you. It's not too late. If you you haven't been baptized before since you made your own profession of faith and you feel like God just leading you, step out of faith. And you can see me right after church today. We're going to have a brief informational class right back here in the Dream Team room and, and, and talk about baptism. It's not not too late. Jump in, come back at 2 o'clock, and we're going to get you baptized. But here's what we see in the life of Jesus. From this point on, never the same. He began to do ministry by the Spirit. By the Spirit, he began teaching things that no one had ever heard before. He began healing people, opening the eyes of blind people, setting people free from sickness. He began doing miracles. He goes to, to the synagogue in his hometown of Nazareth and he stands up and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to deliver the captives. He says, The Spirit of God is on my life. Jesus fully took on the limitations. Of being a human being, yet he was fully open to the Spirit of God, fully open to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was the divine power that enabled Jesus to do what he could do to overcome his human limitations. Come on, when I think about that, I'm just so mindful this morning of how limited I am as a human being. Just, just every now and then, the weight of pastoring just hits me. Come on, let me just be open with you for a minute. Every now and then, you know, as the needs are coming in, as I'm praying for people and I think about God, you, you gave me all these people to be spiritually responsible for, and some days I have my hands full just taking care of myself, just like you, right? Just trying to be a good man, trying to be a husband, trying to be a father trying to not to lose my temper, right, trying to do the right thing. And and I feel the weight of this sometimes. And I recognize my limitedness. And it's in those moments that I say, God, I need your presence. God, I need your spirit. God, I cannot do this without you. God, I recognize I'm limited. I cannot do this on my own. You know, let me just say, as a staff, we have a staff meeting every Friday. And uh, we get together on Zoom and, and, you know, we talk about the business of the church and we strategize and we plan and we organize and we do leadership development and we read books and, and we do training. We do all of that stuff and it's wonderful. But can I tell you the most important thing we do every week at staff meeting, we pray for each other and we pray for you because we recognize if Jesus doesn't show up, if the Holy Spirit doesn't show up, we got nothing to give. I'm telling you, I, I'm smoking what I'm selling. <laughs> if, if God doesn't show up in my life, I have nothing to give to you. With the presence of God, but the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you what our world is is desperate for is an encounter with the power of God. I'm thankful for all of the wonderful strategy we have in the church world. I'm thankful for a worship team that rehearses and a production team that puts so much time into effort and kids teams who, who plan lessons and all of the organization, all the strategy, all the church growth conferences. I read all the books. I listen to all the podcasts. I love all that stuff. But I want to tell you today, what our world needs, what our broken world needs is an encounter with the living Jesus Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. They need to experience the spirit of the living God in your life. I want this for you. I want this for you. And it's not just something that happens on a Sunday morning. Some of you, you came up in a world, and right now as I'm thinking about it, you're like, yes, on a Sunday morning. No, 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 the other six days of the week. The other six days of the week. In your everyday life, as you work, as you care for your family, as you go about go about your business. And so, what would need to happen for you to be open like that? What would it take? What what would it look like in your life to be open like that? And I know some of you would say, Oh, you're a pastor. You're a pastor, you're you're always open. Like, what else do you have to do? You just pray all day. Here's the truth. No, no, I'm not. Sometimes I'm not open. Sometimes I'm I'm distracted. Sometimes I don't want to be bothered just like you. Do you know every now and then I get convicted and God shows me ways that I could have been more open to him using me? Like you could have been a little more patient. You could have helped. You could have helped there. You missed an opportunity. I have moments like that where I recognize I'm I'm not as open as I want to be. And here's the reality, just like you, I gotta choose to be open. I gotta choose to be open on a regular basis. And you wanna know what it looks like in my life when I get really open to the Holy Spirit? I'm going to surprise you because you think I'd launch out and tell you some really amazing miracle story right now. And I have those stories. If you've been around here long enough, I've got stories of how God has showed up in this church. We wouldn't even be standing here right now if God hadn't showed up in my life. But I'll tell you, here's how it usually looks when the Holy Spirit's speaking in my heart to be more open. It usually looks like something like, I don't know, I'm in the middle of an argument with my wife and the Holy Spirit says, hey, it's your turn to just stop right now and just invite me into this conversation. Like, you're gonna figure out sooner or later she's right anyway. Might as well surrender right now. Come on, married people, pray for your pastor. All the ladies are like, come on, pastor, preach. Oh, y'all gotta wake up this morning. Come on, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Gotta have some fun in the church. Some of y'all look constipated this morning. Just let the joy of the Lord hit you today. So, every now and then, it's something like that. It's in a moment where I'm arguing with, my, every now and then, it's, it's with my kids, not losing my temper with my kids you know, not giving into my anger. Like the Holy Spirit just says, nope, that's enough, just stop right there. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's, you know, I'm feeling tempted to criticize somebody, to speak a critical word. And I feel like the Holy Spirit just stops me and said, no, actually do the very opposite. Speak an encouraging word, like 180. Like really, I'm about to criticize. I'm about to say something, like I want to fix this. I'm about to come at this person. And the Lord shows me like, actually what they need is the complete opposite. Like you don't even know what they're going through. Speak a word of encouragement to them. Every day, just everyday simple things. That's what it looks like in my life. I don't know what it looks like in your life, but the Holy Spirit is inviting us to be open. And so it starts with this trust, like God. I choose to be open. I choose to be open. And so let me just let me leave you with two challenges, okay? You can put these in your notes today. Here's the first one. Number one, challenge number one: be open to receive. Challenge number one: be open to receive. Would you put that in your notes today and pray on that this week? God, I'm open to receive. God, I'm willing to let go of control. Because you know what often keeps us from receiving is that we want to be in control. Like, I love this idea of the Holy Spirit showing up in my life. Wouldn't that be amazing? But here's the thing. I want to be in charge of every little detail of my life. But in order to experience the presence of God in this way, you're probably going to have to let go of some control and let God be in charge. Because we really love the idea of Jesus being our Savior, but we don't always like the idea of him being Lord. We love going to Jesus for professional sin management services, but we don't always like saying, God, you're in control. <laughs> like, you're in control of the whole thing, Lord. It's, it's all, like, my life is, is yours. So in order for you to receive, you may have to give up some control. Can I just give you just a simple prayer that I know every one of you can remember? It goes like this. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. As I start my day, as I go about getting ready for work, as, I, as I'm as i on my commute, as I'm caring for my family, as I'm doing my, my to-do list, come Holy Spirit, I invite you into my day. I pray that prayer quite often. Be open to receive. Here's the second thing, number two. Challenge number two, be open to respond. Be open to respond. If you invite him to come into your life, be prepared that he may put on your heart to pray for somebody. He may put it on your heart to, to send that text message to encourage somebody. He I don't know what, it's, what he's going to give you. Just, just be open. Be ready to respond to how he's going to to lead you. And so let me give you a prayer today that I'm going to leave you with. You can take a picture of this. It's called the open prayer. It's a prayer that I want to encourage you to read throughout this week. Now take a picture of this prayer and let's read this together. Let's let's pray this together right now as a sign of saying, God, we're open to you. Take a picture of that. Let's pray this together right now. You ready? One, two, three. God, I'm open to your Holy Spirit. Make me ever aware of your presence dwelling in me. Speak to me, transform me, empower me to be more like Jesus. God, I am open to your Holy Spirit, amen. If you don't know where to start, I just encourage you, it's a great way to start this series off over these next few weeks. Pray that prayer pray that prayer. Just open that up on your phone, put it in your notes in your phone, whatever, and just take a moment to pray that every day. God, I'm open to you. Holy Spirit, come. Come into my life. I recognize I need you because I I don't know about you guys today, but I'm tired of trying to do it on my own. I'm tired. I have seasons where I realize I'm doing it on my own, and 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 there's this prayer that wells up in me. God, I need you. God, I'm dependent on your spirit. God, I need your your Holy Spirit. Church, can I just encourage you today? Don't do what you're just capable of doing. Some of you, you're talented. Don't get me wrong. You're resourced. You're talented. You're gifted. Don't just do what you're capable of doing on your own. Do what God called you to do. Be who God called you to be. Be filled so that you can, be, you can be used. Be filled by the Spirit so that you can be used to do what God actually designed you to do. And I promise you, if you step out and you allow God to use you, you will become very aware of how dependent you actually are on His Holy Spirit. If you begin to step out and do the things that you really think like He's putting on your heart, You'll recognize quickly how much you need God's spirit filling your life, remaining with you, dwelling among you, standing with you, working through you. So would you stand with me this morning? I'm gonna invite you to pray with us. Come on, stand with me. Would you just, if you feel comfortable, just bow your head, just lift your hands like this. This is a symbol of saying, God, I'm open. God, I'm open. God, I'm open to you. Just stand, lift your hands. We're posturing ourselves and saying, Holy Spirit, I'm open to you, how you want to work in my life. God, not just for an hour on Sunday morning, but all throughout this week, how you want to speak through me, what you want to speak to my heart, what you want to use me to do. Lord, today, that's our heart. That's our prayer, God. That's the posture of our hearts today, God, that we're open to you today. God, we recognize we can't do what you've called us to do on our own. Can't be who you've called us to be on our own, but we need you, God. We need you. We're open to you today. We recognize that we need your strength. God, we recognize that you want to work in our lives. You want to work in and through us. And we simply respond by saying, Holy Spirit, we're open to you today. We're open to you in our lives. And now I want to take a moment to pray for the person who today the Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart. The Holy Spirit is drawing you to himself. And, and, and the most important thing that the Holy Spirit does is he draws you into a relationship With Jesus, And some of you are here today, and that's the very thing that's on your heart. You're like, man, I want to know God this way. I want to have this kind of relationship with God. And the Holy Spirit is drawing you to God today by his grace. He's drawing you to Jesus. And it starts by simply saying, Jesus, I give you my yes. Come on, if that's you, I want to invite you to pray with me. Jesus, I'm open to you. Would you pray that with me? Jesus, I give you my yes. I'm open to you. I sense you drawing me to yourself today. I give you my yes. I place my faith in you. I turn from my sins and I turn towards you. I trust in you. I place my faith in you as the son of God. Save me. I'm open to you. Father, bless every person who prayed that prayer for the first time, for the hundredth time. Father, thank you that you heard their prayer. God, thank you that you're, you're working in them. God, I thank you that, Lord, you said if we know how to give our kids gifts, even though we're sinful, how much more would you give us the gift of your Holy Spirit? Father, give it to your people today. We thank you for it and we receive it. In Jesus' name, if you receive that, would you say amen, amen. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. We hope you can listen or join us next week.